Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Inside the Five. I'm Griff. I'm Will. I'm Stav. And in this episode, we're going to be recapping everything that has gone down in week two. A lot of games, a lot of madness from week two. So, I mean, hey, what do we say, guys? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, everybody, welcome back to Inside the Five. Um, we had a hell of a weekend, I would say, of football. We started off Thursday night with Chargers Chiefs, which we had some quite an interesting game. Definitely not the game that I expected we were going to see on Thursday night football. I was expecting high scoring. It definitely wasn't. I mean, it was decently scoring-wise. Chiefs won 27 to 24, but I kind of expected kind of, uh, I don't know, bigger scoring margins, I would say. Um we did not bolt up this week, unfortunately. So victory Monday did not. Don't we don't get to feel that once again? But what do we say about the game, guys? I mean, it was a good game. To be fair, I thought that the Chargers controlled the entire game up until around halfway through the third quarter, the fourth quarter. They were leading. They were going into score. And then Justin Herbert obviously that pick six that they were going up tempo. It's such a difficult situation because Gerald Everett wanted to be out, but the offense is rolling, and then he targets him and doesn't make the play that he could have if he was fully energized, per se. But, I mean, we're a Chargers podcast. I'm not necessarily worried about this team. I think that it's clear that the Chiefs and the Chargers are the two best teams in the AFC West, and it's not even close. And Justin Herbert's him. He played like a dog. I mean, he showed a lot of grit and a lot of heart especially in the last drive when he threw that deep touchdown after it looked like he couldn't even move. So, Griff, I, I mean, what do you think about Justin Herbert about this team right now? I'm glad you asked that question, Stav, because Justin Herbert, uh, as he should be, is the main worry of all Bolt fans. Um, I'm here to say this. This is a classic Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers type thing where he's going to play through this. Like Matthew Stafford, you could say as well. He's going to play through this injury. Um, it came out that he had suffered a fractured rib cartilage, which is, I mean, I guess you could just say a way of saying that he broke one of his ribs. Um, the bad news is the same doctor that treated Tyrod Taylor and gave him that shot is the one treating Justin Herbert. But that's also the doctor that made Justin Herbert step onto the NFL field for the first time. So he's pro Justin Herbert, as am I. Um, I do want to say, as for this injury that took place during the game, a lot of people think that it happened during that last drive. 
and he was very shaken up during that last drive, but that's because it had already taken place. He got hurt in the second quarter. He got hurt in the second quarter. He kept getting hit. He kept getting hit, kept getting damaged. I don't know how many sacks this other or the Chiefs had, but, I mean, they were rolling. That, that defensive line looked very, very good from Kansas City. Justin Herbert took a toll because of it, and I'm just going to go out and say right now, if Justin Herbert's fully healthy during that game, they win. They win that game. I I really do believe it. And the fact that he went out there, he threw that long ball, like you said, Stav, after getting hit, getting knocked down, and almost not even being able to get back up after it um, was a test to kind of what he's going to be like throughout the rest of his career. And this is the first time that we've seen him in the league, I mean, have any sort of injury. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see how he battles it. He's expected to be a, a go for week three. So I'm hoping that we're not rushing anything. I'm hoping that he's actually – I mean, he's not going to be 100% because we saw him last week. But I'm hoping that he's at the point where he can play without really having a risk of having, like, say, a season-ending injury. That that would be something very stupid that the Chargers would do. So I'm hoping that's not the case, Will. 100%. Obviously, you don't like to see Justin Herbert going down with any sort of injuries. He's a young, fun quarterback in this league. Two, obviously, being a Chargers fan, we don't want to see him go down at all, period, especially taking a loss to the, to the Chiefs, which is big for the division because I'm, we have high hopes, obviously. That team is very, very good. But I would like to say that that we definitely the, – definitely the wildest play I think I've ever seen was Derwin James body slamming Travis Kelsey. Not once I think that anyone would be able to do that ever. I mean that that was something he needed to do after he got trucked by uh, Acres. He got bodied by Cam Acres. He needed to come back and do something. He like suplexed him. That was a crazy play. That was a crazy play, and especially against someone of Travis Kelsey's stature, you could never compare him to Rob Gronkowski again. I'm gonna say. ever again, and I don't want even I, like Gronk. That would never happen to Gronk. And there's that clip circulating after that happened of when Gronk was facing the Chiefs and he dove into the end zone and got like flipped in the air and landed on his back in the end zone. Like, oh, what about this? Yeah, Gronk dove into the end zone. Ten, like basically from the five-yard line. And I can't believe Chiefs fans are saying that that's a comparable play. No, Travis Kelsey, a tight end who had 50 pounds on Derwin James, was running right at him or sideways because Travis Kelsey doesn't run run downhill. He runs sideways. And Derwin James is like, F that. I'm a monster. And – Drove him, and Travis Kelsey kept trying to go, and Derwin James picked him up and slammed him. Just I picked thought him that up was, and him. Yeah, literally like, a two. I think he's only what two hundred fifteen pounds. I, I yeah, don't I think, think he's something around there. I, I remember it's it's in the uh, he's kind of in the lower end of the two hundreds, and Travis Kelsey's like two sixty five, two seven, like something around yeah, there. Derwin is two fifteen on the dot. Yeah, what do you go fi- yeah. And fifteen and uh, I think Travis Kelsey is two. 265. 260. 260. Okay. So he has pounds on him. He has a lot of pounds on him. Oh, yeah. And Derwin James just threw that away. He didn't care. And how many dropped interceptions did the Chargers have? I think that's being a very untalked about uh, storyline from this game. Uh, They dropped, what, five picks? And then they also had picks that got called back. Mm -hmm. Mahomes Mm -hmm. continues to get bailed out by calls when he throws interceptions. I feel I feel like the stat always circulates that he's a quarterback who throws the most dropped interceptions, if that makes sense. And it's clear. He must have thrown four I dropped agree. interceptions in that game. 
I agree. Uh, I also want to say, I think I said Cam Akers. I meant to say Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I, I think when, that when the right truck Clyde Edwards Hilaire trucked him. But yeah, I mean, it was a tough Thursday night. Um, it's still both up. Hopefully, Herbert, I mean, they're coming back. They're playing Jacksonville in week three. So, I mean, I would say straight up, if you if he's not 100%, we should sit him. Uh, my guess, though, is that he's going to be playing in this game. Um, but I said we move on to the Sunday slate. We had some exciting games going on in Sunday. These first two games we have on our list are probably two of my favorites. So let's get right into it. The team, Stav, the jersey that you have right behind you. We got the Pats. We got the Steelers. Stav, get us started with this game. Crazy. Okay. Game. I think that I, obviously I'm a Patriots fan. Will, the same. Um, I'm happy with the improvement that they showed from week one to week two. The offensive line was great, in my opinion. I thought that – I mean, Mac Jones didn't get sacked once. We ran the ball very well, especially in the second half. And a guy I really did want to kind of shine some light on is Cole Strange because he – no one really gave him a chance. Everyone kind of just shit on him right when he got drafted. But he allowed zero pressures, and he handled Cam Hayward pretty well. I think there's a lot of videos around Twitter that are circulating of him just picking up every single read that he had. There's a lot of stunts in that the Steelers defensive line, and he didn't – skip a beat that offensive line uh, the tackles need some work but i really like our interior offensive lineman with david andrews cole strange and michael owenu um nelson Aguilar, what a catch he had it to end the oh. first half that i think decided the game i think without that catch the patriots wouldn't be necessarily in a position to win that game at the end they'd be driving to put a score that they needed however Aguilar makes a crazy catch probably a candidate for catch of the year up to this point and Mac Jones threw for 275, had a touchdown, but he still did look shaky at times. He made me nervous on a few throws. He threw a really bad pick to, that was intended for Devontae Parker. But we win. It's a win. It's victory Monday for Patriots fans. Uh, we got a big test against Baltimore next week. Well, what do you think? Definitely love the victory Monday from Pats. Obviously, love getting the first one of the season. An important win, I would say, after coming out super flat against the Dolphins last weekend. So you like to see that. Um, definitely agree with you. The offensive line looked great. Um, we're starting. It looks like we're starting to shape things up a little bit more. Obviously, we didn't. I mean, we saw what the Steelers did week one. We kind of don't really know what where their trajectory is at this point. Obviously, preseason we were like mm, they might not be that good at all. Week one comes around, they could be decent. Um, definitely a lot of struggles from the Steelers though. I don't know where they're entirely headed. I feel like it's getting closer and closer to Kenny Pickett starting for them. I feel like after this week, I feel like we could be leaning towards that direction in a few weeks, depending on how good or bad Mitch Trubisky does. So I, f- yeah. I feel like that could be interesting. That's a good point. And I don't think that the Steelers are putting Mitch in, uh, in a position to actually play. A lot that's of these. What I was say. I was, yeah. I feel, that's what we've been saying. I know. Like, I feel like last, like uh, playing against us, especially like I didn't, I, I wasn't able to watch the whole game, but I know he threw a pick. Did you throw more than one pick? No, he just threw one. Yeah, that one wasn't. It, was it like, wasn't. It wasn't even entirely his fault. It, it was wasn't, tipped yeah. up in the air, and but they're, but they're a great play by Matt Wilson. Wilson. Every mistake down, yeah. that he's making is like definitely wasn't a good ball. Yeah, I feel like every time he makes a quote unquote mistake or something that like is his fault, but like couldn't obviously like avoid it. I feel like it's just escalated up a few times just because okay. they have Kenny Pickett waiting to come in, and okay. they're just they're they're making this excuse easier on themselves. So. I feel like any time that that will happen, like pretty much every pick that he throws that he throws for the rest of the season is like one point closer to him being on the bench. I mean, that, that, like, um, 
That's how that's that's exactly what it is. And that's how it has been for Mitch Trubisky, whether it be here, whether it be when he was in Chicago, they don't set him up to succeed. And and that's not being based off of who they put around him. It's about the pressure that they put on him. You know, it's always the fact that Mitch Trubisky, in my opinion, Mitch Trubisky can play quarterback in the NFL. I think he can be a starting quarterback in this league. Every single time he gets a shot to go out and do it, he has, you know, someone breathing down his neck. You know, everybody knows that that person that's behind him is going to be the starting quarterback for no reason. They don't really call it a battle. They give the they give the starting job week one to Mitch Trubisky, and we all know Kenny Pickett's going to be in there at some point. It, it really doesn't make sense. I think if Mitch Trubisky was playing with a little bit less pressure, we'd start to see kind of him relaxed a little bit more. You know, he only ran – one time for seven yards. I think Mitch Trubisky is someone that can go out there, make plays, get a couple, maybe three, four, five attempts on, on the ground as well. Um, 21 for 33 from him isn't that bad for Mitch Trubisky. I do want to say, looking on the Patriots side, the offense looked good, but the way that Mac Jones was set up, I think he should have done a lot more. I agree 100%. I, I think he should have done a lot more the way that he was set up. Aguilar kind of bailed him out on that ball. But honestly, that wasn't a bad ball at all. That's an NFL-type ball. You go up. You have to make your wide receiver go up and grab it. He didn't really have him beat too much, but I think that he could have kind of led him to it. Yeah, I agree. A touchdown is a touchdown. Aguilar, bright spot on that team. Jacoby Myers as well. I want to see that ball get distributed a little bit more. Free Kendrick Bourne. Um, The run game, as always, fantastic. This is a big one for the Patriots. I think they would should have won by 10 points at least. I agree 100%. And I like I said, the improvement from week one to week two is astronomical in my opinion. The, how bad that offense was week one. Agreed. And the fact that they could score multiple touchdowns now and they could actually get the ball going down the field a little bit. And I mm-hmm. like the single back set that they're running, the spread empty offense sometimes too. A lot of the crossing routes getting guys open because a lot of the time our receivers aren't known for generating separation are getting separation off the corners and the crossing routes enable that. And Kendrick Bourne, like you just said, Griff, you got to free him. I mean, let the man play. He's one of the best receivers on our team. And he's a guy who's fast, can get open. And Mac Jones has great chemistry with. And I think Kendrick Bourne could be a wide receiver too on this team. I yeah, think 100%. 100%. And um, he's a guy who I think him and Nelson Aguilar, they complement each other. They're both fast guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that they're Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, but I'm saying that these are guys who can make plays for your offense. Jacoby Myers is—he's a great—he has great hands. He's a guy who you're going to throw to, and he's going to get tackled right away. Or he's a possession receiver; he's not going to break a tackle and take it, the ball 50 yards. But Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar are two guys who can do that. Definitely, definitely. Agreed. I mean, Agreed. but the thing is, like, if this offense keeps rolling the way it does, I don't think we'll be continuing to talk about Kendrick Bourne in terms of. I'm not getting the ball enough. I, I think it's only a matter of time. And once again, I've already said it, but I think a big part of that is all down to Mac Jones. I, yeah. I, I really want to see him get going. I think that the reason why they didn't win by more than three was because of the way that Mac Jones played. And I'm not saying that he played bad. I'm just saying that he could have played a lot better, in my opinion. He missed a lot of the standards that I have for him. I, I, I just think that he's a better quarterback than what we saw in week two and most definitely in week one. Um. Mm-hmm. Before we move on to the next game, and this is bad journalism, but little Jordan Humphrey. Watch the YouTube. Yeah, watch the YouTube. So yeah, little Jordan, little Jordan Humphrey is on the right side here. Look at how open he gets on this play that Mac Jones throws a pick. 
He's wide open. That's a touchdown. Oh, yeah, that's a touchdown. That's a touchdown. He missed him, and he ended up throwing a picker. I think it was the bad throw that should have been picked off. But that, that's what film's for. That's what practice is for. They got their first home game next week. I'm excited to see what they can do against a really good Baltimore Ravens team. And speaking of the Ravens, let's move on yes. to probably the game of the afternoon. The oh, Dolphins yeah. versus the Ravens. What a comeback for Miami. I mean, I know we're division rivals, but that was just a beauty to watch. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The the Ravens were up 35 to 21 heading into the fourth quarter, and the Dolphins came back. I mean, Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, the fastest humans on the planet, and Tua was giving them footballs to catch, and they made plays. I mean, it was sim- as simple as that, and the Ravens' secondary was just awful. They gave up. It seemed as if they thought the game was over, and the Dolphins took advantage of that. I mean, what a game. This was crazy. This was what people right right when Tyreek got traded to the Dolphins. This is exactly what people were thinking, like that the those overreactions. And what a game from Tua with two picks. Although I think they were both in the first half, came back, finished the game with four hundred and sixty nine yards. And it, it really is just about if he can get it to his playmakers. And guess what, guys, he did. Tyreek and Waddle, like you said, I mean, put up insane numbers. They had eleven receptions apiece. Mike Gusecki got involved a little bit as well, which is what we've been waiting for. Um, overall, just an amazing offensive effort from Miami. This was just a, I mean, a dogfight. It was just back, forth, back, forth. But I don't want to talk down on the Ravens. I, I think that the Ravens played an amazing game on offense. The defense has some things that they need to figure out, especially later in games. Giving up four touchdowns in the fourth quarter is not something that a team that's going to win a division is is going to allow themselves to do losing 42 to 38 to the dolphins is this is one of these games this is a statement game from the dolphins and this is a big i don't want to say turnaround because they're two and oh now but i mean they could be a playoff team they could they could really be a five seed here and i think that this might be a matchup that we see in the playoffs again is ravens dolphins i think that we could easily see the ravens go out and win the north especially we'll talk about the Bengals in a little bit, but especially with how the Bengals have started. And I think we could see the Dolphins not win the East, but take that top wild card spot, play the Ravens in that wild card uh, weekend. And it's going to be another great game. This game was a classic. Agreed. And this game we knew was bound to be a crazy game because they started off the game with the Ravens getting um, off the reception. I mean, off the uh, kickoff, they scored a touchdown that he returned the first kickoff of the year return. For a touchdown, and then I wanted to, I wanted to say Rashad Bateman had an absolute day off that one play that he that he made. I think it was like I forgot how how far he ran. It was like seventy one yard touchdown or something like that. But I had him in fantasy, and I remember looking at my phone. He had like four receptions for like over a hundred yards in I think a touchdown or two. One touchdown, yeah, one touchdown. and that's right. Well, it was a seventy five yarder. It was on the first play of that drive. It was, yeah, and, and I want to say I'm glad you brought up Bateman. Bateman's going to be the reason why this team wins the AFC North. It's because he's a wide receiver one. 
and, and we just didn't get to see him because of injury. But now that he's back, he's going to be terrific. He is perfect, perfect for that offense. He's going to be the wide receiver one. I also do love Demarcus Robinson. If they can get him more involved, this mm-hmm. team's just going to – they're going to be just fine. They got death at tight end now. Mark Andrews, obviously, you know. But rookie, mass mass native as well, Coastal Carolina alum. So a lot of a lot of eyes going his way for me. Um, Isaiah Likely, big day for a rookie tight end. I mean, backup. Four receptions, 43 yards. I mean – that's 40 more yards you add to that offense. That that uh, both offenses, but that offense in particular had a day on the ground in the air. They did it all. Miami just did it in the air and they got it done. And, and which is a surprise because we haven't really had too much great to say about Tua, especially we don't really know what he's like. We all questioned him throwing the ball and when he got done. I mean, he had an absolute day yesterday. I don't know what this means for the rest of the season, but if he can do that somewhat on a consistent basis, not exactly what he did on Sunday, but if he can do half of that, the Dolphins are in a good situation this season. 100%. And, I mean, kind of going back to the Ravens, Lamar needs to get paid, first of all. Mm-hmm. I think that he just showed out yesterday. This is If there's, like, a power rankings of people you can blame, he is at the very bottom for this loss. Bottom. He did oh, yeah. everything he could. He almost had a perfect pass rating. He Led the, the team in rushing. Yeah, he had that yeah, huge 80-yard everywhere. touchdown run. Had three. I think he threw for three touchdowns, three or four touchdowns. I think it was three. Yeah, and he ran for one. Yeah, he had four total touchdowns. That's right. That's what I was reading. Okay, but um, even the week before he had, I think, three yeah. touchdowns thrown. So mm-hmm. he's playing awesome. He's playing back to his MVP uh, capabilities, and it kind of brings up like this game particularly for me brings up the question how important J.K. Dobbins is to this Ravens offense because you wonder how if they could have wasted more clock if Dobbins was there, have it, like having him being their RB1, taking away a lot of yards, and chewing the clock really was the, the problem for this Ravens team, toward, especially in the fourth quarter. They they had, they, had their, they had their opportunities to put the game away. They just never could really capitalize and stop the bleeding when the Dolphins were just throwing 80-yard touchdowns yeah. to the two fastest players on the team. But I do want to be on camera and on note saying that I – do want to give Tua credit for what he did, throwing six touchdowns over 400 yards. Um, I mean, credit to him, I guess. And it's a big test next week with the Bills going down to Miami. That's going to be the battle for the first uh, seed early on in the season for the AFC East. I, I No, I think for the AFC in general. For the AFC, yeah. Yeah, so agreed. That'll be good. And speaking – we'll stick in the AFC East. Jets versus Browns, another drunk game. Uh, the Jets won after a very improbable comeback, I want to say. Um, I, I just want to be on record as well saying, you cannot blame Nick Chubb for going into the end zone on that play. If you're going to blame anyone, blame Cade York for missing the PAT. It's Nick Nick Chubb was on the 11, for those who don't know, Nick Chubb was, the Browns were on the 11-yard line. He had a toss sweep. And he had the option of going down at the one with like a minute and a half left or a minute, 55 seconds left or score. He scored to put him up two possessions and Cade York missed the PAT. And then the jets get the ball back, throw a deep ball to Corey Davis, who scores a touchdown with like a minute, 20 seconds left. But the Browns secondary was nowhere to be found. They, they didn't cover Corey Davis and Joe Flacco took advantage. 
And then an onside kick, and the, the Jets recovered after there was clearly like no hustle from the Browns. Everyone else just kind of was like, oh, who's going to get this ball? And the Jets players got it. And then Garrett Wilson scores the game-winning touchdown. And it, it's not even over at that point. The Browns had a chance to take three. There's like 30 seconds left on the clock, and Jacoby Brissett threw a pick, who when he did look pretty solid in this game, I can't say he didn't, but the Browns really choked this game, and you can't blame Nick Chubb. He had three touchdowns on on the ground. I think he might have caught one. But no, he had three rushing touchdowns. You can't blame him for scoring a touchdown to put you up two possessions. What if he doesn't score? Then you lose by even more. But whatever. Can't blame Nick Chubb. No, I mean, that's exactly it. And if you're someone that uh, may or may not have had Brown's money line just thrown in there in your parlay, and that's the only one that missed, uh, like me, then you had a very bad Sunday. Um, This was a game that the Browns needed to win. This was, in my opinion, a must-win game. You know who's coming back, I mean, more than halfway through the season. So you kind of look at their schedule, right, and you kind of pick apart the games that they should win without Deshaun Watson – in the games you shouldn't win, and you look at that and you're like, okay, if they win those games that they should win, they're going to be just fine for when he comes back. If if he comes back and is who we remember him to be in Houston, um, on on the football field, of course. Um, but that's they went out and they lost. This this is a gigantic loss because you have now nine more weeks of football with Jacoby Brissett, who didn't look too bad but he's not a starting quarterback. You have nine more weeks of him behind center. You're going to have to run the hell out of the ball. That's what they did in this game. That defense from Cleveland, in my opinion today, other than that defensive line, that secondary looked atrocious. The defensive line looked good. Um, A bright spot on that D-line, obviously there's Miles Garrett, but Jadevian Clowney actually looked pretty good. I want to say he had a forced fumble or maybe a recovery. He had something like that where he just came out of the line, came off the line crazy. He added a sack to his total today, too. Joe Flacco looked old. He threw for 300 yards. He threw the ball 44 times, and we said this in week one as well. Who is letting this guy throw the ball this much? Um, Another thing that I was looking at, um, and I'm very interested in with the Jets this year, was in week one we saw a lot of Michael Carter. Uh, Now in week two we see a lot of Brees Hall. I'm kind of wondering who's going to win that battle because whoever wins that battle is going to be getting a lot of fantasy points. They like to run the ball a lot. They like to dump it down a lot to their running back as well. Both of those guys I kind of see not as the same player, but they kind of do provide the same things for a team in terms of running out of the backfield, catching passes as well. So I'm interested to see who's going to really win that running back battle. Week one, I was kind of certain it was going to be Michael Carter, but week two threw me in for a whirlwind, and and they went out. They won a game. They're one and one, the New York Jets. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That was a crazy Crazy. game. But hundred. I was going to say, that's really it. I have nothing to add to that game. Yeah. That game was, the game was like, all right. I mean, guess the good comeback from the Jets. But the game I did want to talk about was the Lions versus the Commanders. Lions get their first dub of the year. Um, Commanders came out super flat. I don't know mm-hmm. what was going on with that, which is kind of a shock after week one. They played very, very well. Yeah, I mean, you you said it, you said it right. I mean, the, the Commanders had – all the opportunity to continue the momentum from week one and apply it here against a Lions team. That's kind of, no one really knows if they're good or going to be the same old Lions. And let's give credit to the Lions as well. They played well. I mean, the defense in the first half, Aiden Hutchinson had three sacks and they forced Wentz. I think he threw a pick in the first half and 
Goff threw four touchdowns in 256 yards. When have we ever seen Jared Goff do that? And I don't remember. Never. I think the last two episodes I've said Jared Goff were a starter in the NFL. I'm going to stick with it. Um, I still believe it. Um, the reason why they won this game, there's two simple reasons. One is Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, he went ballistic in the first half, finished the first half with three. I thought he was going to get 10 sacks in this game, um, but finished with three uh, to wrap it all up. But, I mean, the best player on the field, on that field, was Amon Ross St. Brown. He finished the game with 68 yards on the ground rushing. Their leading rusher had more yards than DeAndre Swift in this game, as well as racking up nine receptions for 116 yards, two touchdowns in the air. That's 184 all-purpose yards from Amon Ra. That's two touchdowns. I mean, he went crazy. His longest rush was 58 yards. His longest catch was 49 yards. He was doing everything. This is exactly what we thought Amon Ra was going to be doing this year. And the Lions went out. They won a tough football game. I knew – I feel like I said this on the last episode. This was going to be a good game. I knew this was going to be a good game. And in my opinion, although it was a nine-point win, you could kind of get to a big win. It's more than a touchdown. It's more than one score. I liked watching this game a lot. I, I very much so enjoyed this game. I like the way that both of these teams play. They're kind of two subpar teams that can go out, score a good amount of points. And they have some exciting players on both sides. I, I really think that Carson Wentz sucks. I think Jared Goff sucks too. Um, but all these skill positions and a lot of these defensive guys on both of these teams are very exciting to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good to see the Lions win the game. I, I think mm-hmm. that they are talented. It's a, I mean, we all watch them in hard knocks. It's a great hard knocks. And they're a team that you kind of want to root for and see succeed just because you've seen the behind the scenes in the preseason and all the work that they put in to become a competitive team in the NFL. Yeah. It's as simple as that. All right. And the next game we have on our list, Giants versus Panthers. Giants won. Next game we have on the list is the Colts versus the Jaguars. Um, What is wrong with the Colts? The Colts suck. I what what is okay. wrong with that? It's no, it's because it's because every year they come in with a different quarterback that's like four hundred years old, and they're like, yeah, this is the year. It was Philip Rivers, then it was Carson Wentz, and now it's Matt Ryan. Why not go out and get? They should have got Baker. Yeah, should have. In my opinion, they, in my opinion, they, they should have drafted somebody. They should have done anything. I love Matt Ryan. I have a Matt Ryan jersey at home. I think he's awesome. But Matt Ryan shouldn't be the quarterback of this team, and it's for one reason. It's because he's an Atlanta Falcon. They don't have a quarterback, guys. They haven't had a quarterback in years. They haven't. And and that's why they're going to struggle throughout this whole year until they get someone that is – they need a young guy. This is just my opinion. Obviously, you guys could disagree with me. But going out, getting a veteran for one year isn't the type thing to do when you have a roster that's like this that is going to be together for – five, six years. This core team where where you have Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines right behind them, you have the receivers now with, um, he didn't play, but Michael Pittman, um, you have the tight ends, you have the depth, you have a defense. You need to go out, get a young quarterback, give them a year because they're just searching for wild cards right now. That's what they're doing. That's exactly what the Colts are doing with the way that they hire their quarterbacks. You need to go out, either get a young guy from a trade, or in my opinion, next year, I think that they should go out and try to draft one if they're at the right spot. 
Get him for a year, two. He doesn't have to be the best player on your team to go make a run because this team is so solid, the core that they have around it, that I don't think that they should keep getting these rental quarterbacks. I think that's exactly the reason why they're losing this game, and they're going to lose a couple of games where we kind of see our head shake, and it's exactly for that reason. So, Greg, I – Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. I was, I was kind of oh, – you go, you go. Okay, I was going to say, I remember last year we talked about this too, that this defense – we talked about this defense for the past two years where we were like, this defense is going to be very, very good, but they have a limited amount of time left. And they only have, in my opinion, three years max before that little drop-off goes down, contracts start happening, and still until they have to like kind of – they're going to be able to rebuild a few pieces that leave here and there. But once those core defensive pieces leave or don't re-sign, then they're in for – in for trouble, especially not having a quarterback on that team, switching it pretty much every single year since Andrew Luck retired. They're they're setting themselves up for failure every single year, year in and year out. And I agree with you completely that they either should have went for Baker or drafted a quarterback in this past draft. And like exactly what you said, well, I'm that's both of you guys kind of hit the the head of the nail here, but the the Colts were kind of going into this game shorthanded. They didn't have Michael Pittman. They also didn't have um, Darius Leonard, right? And that those are two huge losses. Those are probably your arguably your best players on both sides. I know Jonathan Taylor was still there, but without best receiver and then best defensive player. Yeah, so that it's it's hard to. I mean, you still got shut out. You got shut out by the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's not. And not only did you get shut out, so, like, that's like, yeah, your offense stinks. Your defense gave up 24. Yeah. They made Christian Kirk look like the best receiver in the NFL. He went for six receptions, 78 yards, and two touchdowns. And Christian Kirk's a good player, but he, I guess he's he's making that contract look okay. I mean, he's played well in the first two weeks. Kind of have to give him credit. I mean, and Trevor Lawrence played okay. We kind of wrote him off after last week, but, I mean, he did his job. I don't. I still think ETN sucks. I think yep. that James Robinson's by far the better running back for that team. Mm-hmm. And ETN continues to just struggle in this offense. So it's make or break for him in the upcoming weeks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I agree 100%. It's going to be tough for ETN to really win any of us over at this point just because of how good James Robinson is. So th- this two week downfall really wasn't good for him. Speaking of downfalls, we had a quarterback in New Orleans throw three picks on Sunday in a tough loss. Um, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers went into the Superdome. You know what Tom Brady does against this team. Um, But I do want to say 
although Tampa Bay won 20 to 10, Tom Brady looked very frustrated. And mm-hmm. a report came out after this game um, that he's just not practicing on Wednesdays anymore. Got to practice on Wednesdays. Wednesday's a cool day. <laughs> I mean, the, it doesn't, he's having I, Veterans Day. That, that's his day off every Marriage week counseling day. But it makes it makes no sense. But I mean, it's a tough loss for New Orleans. This was, I don't want to say a must win game. I've already thrown out must win game on this episode. It's very early, but you take that in someone very, that you're, you're battling for the NFC South against this team. This is the one game you have at home against them. And kind of. I, I kind of want to twist your words a little bit here. This was a very winnable game for the Saints that they'll look back yep. on and regret not winning. I mean, yes. they, the Bucks didn't have Julio Jones, Chris Godwin. They didn't have Russell Gage, I don't think. Um, Mike Evans got kicked out of the game because he loves fighting Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, they, those guys every game. Hate, they every hate game each other. They, they every hate they each other. And every single game they fight. And Brady, like you said, looked frustrated. The offense had a chance to. I mean, the the Saints in. They had, they had plenty of chances. Jameis threw three picks. You can't do that against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this is back-to-back weeks where the Bucs' offense struggles. Who's to say that the Saints still don't have time to make up and win this division? I mean, the Falcons and the Panthers, they're both 0-2. I don't see them actually making some noise. But the Saints, we I think all three of us had the Saints making the playoffs in the pod. I, early. I had them winning the division. Yeah, and they still can. Obviously, it's early in the year, but this is a game you got to have. You could have could have really opened some eyes up in the NFL, and I, I'm not really sold on the Bucks right now. I know they had their injuries, but I I did not like what I saw. No, no, I'm not sold on the Bucks either, and I still think that the Saints have plenty and plenty of time to make up for this loss. Obviously, like you said, Sabi, you couldn't have said any better that this will be a game they look back at when they play the Saints again, and whatever the result of that game is, they're gonna be like, we really should have won that game and if they happen to lose i mean when they play the bucks again and if they happen to lose to them twice they're gonna really really regret not winning this game agree and that's exactly the case um moving on we got seahawks 49ers you know my team the seattle seahawks we already won our super bowl um i guess i can just say best part of the game worst part of the game because i'm gonna come out right now i've been saying it i'm gonna say it again we're not going to be good this season. Like, we're not going to be good. We're going to be maybe top five worst teams in the league, and that's exactly why I've been talking about our future quarterback, Bryce Young and or C.J. Stroud. We went out. I had this as my hawk of the week. I was riding high. It was a weird episode last time I recorded. It was a vi- after a victory. It was a big win. Um, bright spot of this team from week two, Tyler Lockett, nine receptions, 107 yards. Put up a good amount in fantasy as well. Um, the lowest spot on this team was DJ Dallas. He was in for one play. It was that a trick was, play. oh my god! <laughs> it was a trick play where they tossed it to him to the right side, and he went to go throw it. DK Metcalf was clamped, so he just threw it to the other team. He literally threw it. Nobody was around that area. He threw it right. To, who caught the pick? I He's don't. Done. It was number seven, I think. I could be wrong though. Who caught it? Was it Charvarius Ward? Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was. Nobody was around Ward. There was not a single person within 10 yards of him. And um, DJ Dallas just threw it right to him. I've never seen DJ Dallas throw a football. This is his third or fourth year on the Seahawks. I've never seen that. Don't know where it came from. We were already down a lot of points. I'm glad we scored a touchdown today. Um, 
I don't want to win another game this season. I'm ready for a good draft pick. I, I like I kind of wanted to talk about this because obviously Trey Lance getting hurt and being out for the rest of the year that sucks for my MVP prediction. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Um, that hurts the 49ers, but it doesn't kill them. I think that Jimmy I think G, better like, off. Like Jimmy G is a, is the guy. If they are to have anyone at quarterback, it's Jimmy G right now. I mean, he's brought them to the NFC Championship. He won them this game. And it does look like the 49ers rally around Jimmy G. Now they're like, okay, Lance is out. We don't have another option. We know what he's about. Let's let's boost our performance and help him out. And who knows how far this 49ers team goes. I mean, they have a lot of talent. Debo Samuel's there. He's probably one of the best players in the NFL. That defense is good. And the Rams do look shaky. So the NFC West is open for grabs or up for grabs. Yeah, but it won't be the Seahawks to take it. Or the Cardinals. Yeah. yeah, it's just up to those two. Yeah. So next game on the list, the Falcons versus the Rams. Falcons almost came back from 28 to 3. Who what would have I mean, like, what would have uh happened there? I mean, like, does that mean just like the Falcons are gonna be the Super Bowl favorites because they broke their curse? I, that was a perfect opportunity, but Jalen Ramsey said, nah, that, that's not gonna happen on my watch. He had an incredible interception at the goal line essentially that sealed the game for the for the Rams and this is back-to-back weeks again where Matthew Stafford doesn't really look great. I mean, Cooper Cup is amazing, but Stafford, he's hurt, I think. Okay, I feel like every take I've had other than my lock of the weeks for the past two <laughs> weeks has been just spot on because the Falcons looked awesome. They looked mm-hmm. awesome, and I said that last week. They were on a co- college-styled offense, but I didn't think it was going to work as well against L.A., Turns out it did. I thought that L.A. was a team that you can't really mess around with. Marcus Mariota went in, went out there and did just that. What I liked from Mariota was he didn't rush. I wanna, like, I'm used to seeing him rush for like 30, 40 yards. He couldn't. He just straight up couldn't because when the middle linebacker you're playing against is Bobby Wagner, he's kind of a little bit too smart to realize when somebody's going to be going out, rolling out, getting past the line of scrimmage. Um, but he had to do it in the air. Now he threw two picks, but he threw two TDs. In my opinion, he pretty much matched Matthew Stafford. If you're comparing, um, in the defense, the defense looked very good in the second half for the Atlanta Falcons. They had a great fourth quarter. Um, that's a win for Atlanta. It's a win. Yeah, they they should have won. And Drake London's just awesome. I oh, he him. is awesome. He, he he's is. great. I, and I, I doubted him this week. I have him in fantasy, and I benched him just because I thought that Jalen Ramsey was going to clamp him considering he's their only, like, legit target that would a corner would be covering the wide receiver one. I don't know why I made that explanation a lot harder than it had to be. But he showed out. I mean, this is a big stage against the Super Bowl champions, and he showed out. He did his thing. He caught it. Caught, I think he caught Did he catch two touchdowns or one? I know he had a two-point conversion. I don't know if he had two touchdowns or not, but he he played well. He had over 100 yards receiving. He had a lot of receptions. I I mean, that's a great pick by the Falcons early on in the year. He's had back-to-back good weeks. Yeah, 100%. So the next game on the list, we have the Bengals versus the Cowboys. This was actually surprisingly a good game. Um, But the question I want to ask you guys, Will, I'll start off with you. What's wrong with the Bengals? Like – well, there is the Super Bowl hangover really bringing this team down. 
I feel like the Super Bowl hangover, I mean, we can say that. I feel like that's like the best excuse for them just to, I guess, make them feel less bad about how bad they've been playing. But as a whole, I really just don't think they're all there as a collective unit. I don't think they're all – they're not really playing as a team together. It doesn't feel like they're all kind of like locked in. I feel like they all kind of look a little dismantled and lost out there. They don't really – I feel like they, they – I don't for, for whatever reason, they lack confidence it almost feels like on the field where it just kind of looks like they're out there. They know what they can do. They just don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Like Jamar chase and looks like confused on the sideline. Like he was just, I remember like on red zone, they like cut to him on the sideline, just looking there. And he kind of just like, he looked lost. Like he looked like he lost like, 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 a, like the touch or something. I don't know what it's been. I feel like their O line has been a little bit shaky. Definitely start the season. That definitely doesn't help them at all. But I also feel like losing, Uzoma last year and not having like a solid tight end this year, I feel like is hurting them a lot more than they thought it would. Yeah, well, I'm a fan of Hayden Hurst, but you're right. It's the fact that Uzoma was, and that was the whole narrative throughout last postseason, Uzoma was just the last of the Bengals from that era that they were terrible. And they went out, they tried to maybe improve in Hayden Hurst, and I just don't think that they're gelling as well as they did with Uzoma. Um, And... Stav, you put up a question up on these notes. Should the Bengals press the panic button? Yes, I really think they should. I'm not somebody that believes in Super Bowl hangovers. I never thought it made sense, and I bet you guys also agree because you're Patriots fans. This is just straight up because they didn't even win the Super Bowl. Like They they should be coming back with vengeance. Um, I think a big part of why they're losing these games is they're trying to do too much. They're not sticking to their guns. They're like, yeah, we have T. Higgins, we have Jamar Chase, we have Joe Burrow. Like, let's draw up the craziest stuff for them, right? But that's not what they need to do. Like, they just need to stick to their guns. They need to get on the ground a lot more with Joe Mixon, with Samaje Pirine. I'm a big fan of Pirine, and, I mean, everybody's a big fan of Joe Mixon. They should be running for over 100 yards a game. And if they do that, that's going to open up a lot of seams for Joe Burrow to pass. And I think that they will figure that out. I don't know if it'll be soon enough, but you're playing in a division where, I mean, I, I guess you're only going up against the Ravens. So they have the chance to do it. Cooper Rush looked amazing in this game. Um, one touchdown, 19 for 31. Zeke had a decent game, but it was really all the Cooper Rush to Noah Brown show on, on, yeah. the, on this Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And, and that's I, really what, what stood through. I 100% agree. And I think that the surrounding cast of Cooper Rush really did step up. I mean, uh, Tony Pollard played great. I thought he had a lot of yards. He had a touchdown. Um, CD Lamb had, I think, six receptions for 75 yards or something along those lines. He played well as uh, as well opening up the other guys. And the Cowboys just need to kind of weather the storm, I think, until Dak returns. And once Dak returns, his team, I, I still am a believer in the Cowboys if they can survive until Dak comes back. I agree. I mean, I feel like they, they like we saw last last night, Cooper Rush was definitely someone that can hold them by. I feel like he's you're gonna get they have the offense down simple enough for them to just be able to go out there, run some basic offense, get let their defense put some work in and come out with these games. I know I feel like a lot of these games that they're gonna play, they're gonna be closer games, but I feel like they are a better team. They're gonna be able to pull out with those games. Which like we said, we were talking about the obviously the Bengals offense earlier. And Griff said they're kind of being a little too complex. I feel like last year they almost dumbed down their offense enough for them just to make those basic plays, which almost allowed them to win more games. 
Like when they play against teams like the Chiefs last year, which they beat in the AFC Championship game, they almost kind of like dumbed down their offense enough where it kind of almost caught them off guard. Like, oh, why are they running these such simple plays? And they hadn't, they didn't have enough time to react to those, make those adjustments, make those adjustments at all. And then they would run deeper plays. They're not doing enough to start off the bat. Like, words are hard for me right now. I don't know why I can't talk today, but like, they're not doing enough to start the game, to set the tone, they're just going out there thinking they're going to score one play touchdowns the whole time. Yeah, and that's – I love Joe Burrow. I mean, literally has have his jersey hanging up behind me. But he's got to have to kind of go back to that loose mentality, like let's go out there, sling it, and make some plays and have some fun. It looks like they're trying to be too mechanical, Will. You're right. They don't look like the same team that we saw last year, especially in that playoff run. They It kind of looks like the expectations are getting to them. And they brought in the right pieces. They improved the offensive line. They replaced their tight end. But, I mean, chemistry is a real thing. And these guys really need to step it up. I mean, you can't you can't lose to a Cowboys team that everyone kind of rode off before this game even started. And that's a bad loss, I think, for the Bengals. And no, fun fact, by the way, no team that has started off 0-2 last year or no team that started off, started off 0-2 last year made the playoffs. So that's something worth – noting considering the Bengals went 0-2 to start the season. And speaking of terrible teams, the Broncos versus the Texans, what is going on in Denver? I mean, that, that just looks like a sinking ship and Nathaniel Hackett's pouring water into the boat. And, and you brought up the name that's the reason why they're on that downfall. It, it, it all comes down to the coaching because – it can't be the players. It physically, like, you look at these names on this team, it can't be the players, right? So it has to be the coaching. It's a first-year head coach. Um, Cortland Sutton looked great. Um, but at the end of the day, when you have a vet out there like Russell Wilson, if you're not giving him the opportunity to go out and, and kind of get the run game going and then get the pass game going, he's not going to thrive. And the fact that they just – it's so weird. Wherever Russ goes, they just love running the football. They love it. Russ threw for 31, uh, not 31 completions, but attempts. He only had 219 yards. Um, He just doesn't make the right decisions all the time. It's the fact that they don't have guys, and you could – I really don't think Judy's in the same kind of realm as Tyler Lockett where it comes to guys that are going to beat you right off the ball and you're going to go out and get one of those basket catches. They don't have those guys. They have playmakers. They have guys that – they're not going to catch it over the shoulder. They're going to go up and get a ball. Russ is going to figure that out soon. Um, they escaped with a win. They shouldn't have won this game, though. No, they shouldn't have. And how about the Texans? Oh, one and one, the worst. I had. That's just such an ugly record in that team. And, and this is the second week in a row where Jeff Driscoll has done a read option. Yeah. What What is going on with that? Like, I don't know. He's done it twice now. He's only played two downs, and it's two read options. And I think he has first downs on both of them. Are they just setting up some insane trick play like week seven? Like just for so people are like, oh, worth noting, Jeff Driscoll, whenever he comes in, it's read option and they'll run a play action or something and get eight yards out of it. Or he'll throw a kick (laughs) and everyone will question it. But it's that's such a random thing to I mean, they scored nine points and rushed through a pick. They they had opportunities, but they never really capitalized. Um yeah, this Texans team stinks, and I don't think the Broncos are, especially because of their coach. I mean, they ran out of timeouts with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. That's ridiculous. You go from one week not using any of your timeouts to the next week 
using all of them before you actually need to use them. And it got yeah, to the point everybody's where, just in Nathaniel Hackett's head. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And it, it got to the point where the fans in Denver were chanting the, or like counting down the play clock so they could snap the ball on time. They had way too many penalties, and that's just it's an ugly start. But I mean, hey, you won a game, you're one and one. You have a real test next week on Sunday night, uh, Sunday night football against the San Francisco 49ers, which Jimmy G versus Russell Wilson. Um, I got the Niners in that game. But yeah, we'll I got the Niners. Yeah, we'll, 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 that, that'll be on next episode, I think, for our predictions of week three. But, yeah, the Broncos don't really look too hot to start the season. And the next game, the last game of the 4 o'clock slate, this game was also drunk. The Cardinals versus the Raiders. The Raiders blew a 20-point lead to the worst team in the NFL. Um, I hate the Cardinals. On, on the game. weekend that the new beta for COD came out, this is a big victory for Kyler Murray. Yeah, that kind of silences the Call of Duty crowd unless he's it just doesn't. like – It won't. Yeah, <laughs> I guarantee. I mean, my only thought process was that um, he – Week one was a double XP weekend, and that's why the Cardinals lost. Yeah. Maybe maybe Kyler doesn't like the new COD. It's a pretty good game. I don't know why. He'd be – Good game. Yeah. But anyways – Tyler runs around like a toddler that stole their parents' phone. I, I saw that tweet. I thought that was pretty funny. I forgot who tweeted it out, but shout out to them. But this this game was drunk. The Raiders were up 20 to nothing. They don't they didn't target Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams is probably a top three, top five receiver in the NFL. Hunter Renfro fumbled twice. Um and the who is it? Was it Byron Murphy or something? He, should, he threw that ball through the end zone, and I think StatCast, at the end of the game, for those who don't know, the Hunter Renfro fumbled, Byron Murphy scooped it up, brought it back for six to end the game in overtime. Yeah, 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 but he threw the ball through the end zone right when he crossed the pylon. And the, the naked I guy, think, I, dude, I, I, I don't he think he through. passed. I don't think he got passed. Stat, so no. StatCast said if he waited another point zero. Two seconds, or like if he threw it another point zero two seconds before he actually did, it would have been through the end zone, and it would have been Ra- Raiders ball, and that would have been an all time blunder. And I think, I think if you throw the ball through the end zone anyways, it should just be a penalty. And okay, especially as a, a defensive player thing. on a scooping score, hold that ball, just hold the ball, yeah. pass, run, literally just like spike it once you get in the end zone. Throwing a football through the zone isn't even a cool. That's not even a cool celebration. It just looks stupid, especially when you're you're not a quarterback and you look stupid throwing the ball. Like it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And the Cardinals stink. I, I'm willing to put if I could bet on teams that wouldn't win the Super Bowl. My list would be the Broncos, the Raiders, the Cardinals, like Big Cat's pinky bet. I'm willing to do pinky bet for three teams: the Broncos, the Raiders, and the Cardinals. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if if one of them wins, though, you have to cut off three fingers because you chose three teams. That's fine. So if one of them wins, you have to cut off three fingers. You can choose them. Um, they don't have to be same hand. Um, yeah. I'll do it. Um, All right. But, but I'm, just, a, just a tip. That's what Big Cat's pinky bet is, so I'm going to follow no, that. No, you have to do whole pinky. Whole um, moving on. Actually, Sunday night. Losing three, uh, three fingers would be kind of cool. It's a good story. All right, continue. Jason, JPP. Uh, Sunday night football, the fireworks of Sunday night, JPP. Uh, Bears, Packers. (laughs) Um, This is exactly what we knew, exactly what we expected. The Packers win 27-10. to 
Aaron Jones was an absolute monster. Um, now I want to come out and ask a quick question, Will. Um, why did Justin Fields only throw the ball 11 times? It's a great question. Why did he throw the ball only 11 times? Like, I swear, every time the Bears go into Lambeau Field Sunday Night Football, they, like, lose brain cells. They want to get killed. As a, as a United as – a, as, a, as a whole team, whole organization, they want like, – like, they literally they, – they're fine all week long. They're prepping. They're like, all right, let's go. We might be able to win this week. Sunday comes, they forget how to play football. They, they, they forget play Sunday Night Football in Lambeau every year, and they do the same thing every – I swear it's 27 to 10 every year. Every single year, every single year, and then, and regardless of how well or how good the Packers are doing, they always, they never fail to make them look like absolute idiots on the field. Like I remember, I had an in-real kickball game, which we dismantled this other team. We won like thirty-two to like fifteen. It wasn't even close. And then I came back at <laughs> halftime, and I was like, "What is going on in this game?" I was like, "One, no surprise. Two, like, what are the Bears doing?" I think that's – I thought you were about to relate your intramural football team. Oh, yeah, we were the Packers and they were the Bears. They didn't show up. Yeah. Here. All right, but – yeah, no, you're right, Well, I mean, the Bears might as well have just been playing kickball the amount of times that they punted to the Packers. But um, what – I hated Justin – this is kind of – it is related to the game, but not the actual game itself. Um, Justin Fields had one of the worst quotes ever. I think about the fans. Yeah, you don't you don't say that. I, I hate players who shit on fans who have reason to be upset. And you're the franchise quarterback of a, a historic franchise like the Chicago Bears. And I'm not a Bears fan, but they've been terrible for a long time. And they've invested a lot of emotion, times, time, money into this team. And Justin Fields says it hurts more in the locker room than the, for Bears fans. They aren't putting in any work. I, I'd argue that they are putting in work, and at least they're showing up. Like, you could have zero fans, and if they didn't show up, then what's your motive for playing? I mean, you really just that money hungry, and you're you're a guy who next home game no one should show up after that quote. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like all time worst quotes. Has to yeah. be because because this is one of the oldest franchises in NFL history, right? It's also, I would argue, one of the worst franchises in NFL history. They suck. They've always sucked. The best quarterback they've ever had is Jay Cutler. They suck. And the fans are some of the best fans in football Mm -hmm. up in Chicago. So the fact that, um, like, obviously they don't put in the same work because they're not the professional athletes. They are just the fans. But that's not something you can say. Um, especially with the franchise that you play for. And it's like, what if he played for a franchise that didn't have any fans? What's, what's he going to say then? Like, it's one of those things where it really irks me because I, I do like Justin Fields, but that quote is just an all-time bad quote. You don't you don't say that about your, your fans, and especially when they're literally probably out there defending you on Twitter, when they're – buying your jerseys when they're putting money into your pockets putting their butts in the seats literally it, it, it's such a gross thing to say and it's not as if like the fans are attacking justin fields necessarily there's no there's no reason for him to take the shot at the fans so i don't know that's just a bad thing aaron Rodgers kind of did his thing they did an ayahuasca celebration that was promoting drug use you don't do that but um, yeah, that 
that that wraps up Sunday, boys. Or that wraps up week two other than Monday night. I think we already did our Monday night predictions on the last episode. But, I mean, for those who don't know, it's the Bills-Titans in the first game. And then the second game is Vikings-Eagles. I'm more excited for the Vikings-Eagles. Like I think we said in the group chat before, that's going to actually be a good game. The Bills are absolutely going to dismantle the Titans. And um, you want to move on to the recap of the lock of the week? Yeah. Um, I think Griff might be frozen. But, Will, congrats to us for winning our first lock of the week. Um, It's Victory Monday for us. You're frozen or you're on mute, Griff, I think. But yeah, sorry, I was frozen, so I went on mute, but I'm back. Winning winning in the first two weeks could never be me. I, I like to play from behind. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I like to Perfect. battle ever every champion battles ever. I've never lost lock of the week. Is this well. is this a are we are we doing a jersey bet for the lock of the week? Like the two losers buy the winner, or, or is that something we're doing? I don't remember if we. No, no, it says uh, Will has to buy a jersey. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Will has no, to buy Will, a jersey. Will just has to buy it. Like if he wins, he buys a jersey. If he loses, if Will doesn't get second place, he has to buy a jersey. Fair enough. Fair. But I mean, so if you and if Will gets second place, I will buy a jersey. Okay, that's fair. That's I'll buy one as well if that happens and. Should we add a little twist onto it if that Will gets to pick the jersey we get? No. It can't be custom. No, yeah, 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 yeah. wins, I get to pick the jersey to stop buys. Yes. Yeah, that's okay. fair. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. 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 But it, was great, I, it was a great week two victory. I'm sure the fans love it more than I do. Um, hopefully next week we can come out with another one. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. Um, I, I, I've been firing it. I have at least five locks of the week for next week. Yeah, so I'm, I'm ready. And uh, I, had, I had the Patriots minus two hit by one point. Doesn't matter. A win's a win. Um, <laughs> doesn't matter. I'm not happy right. with it. And I, I'm under the, the idea that if I actually bet on my lock of the week that it won't happen just because I'm the biggest mush ever, I don't think I've ever hit a bet in my life. And <laughs> I will not bet on – oh, okay, idea. I will have some financial interest in this. I will essentially hedge my lock of the week just so it hits and I go uh, 17 and one for the rest of the I season. like that. I like that. Not a bad idea. Yeah, so I, I think that wraps up our week two recap. Griff, take it away. Uh, thank you. We hope you guys enjoyed week two. We got two Monday night games. You're going to listen to this on Tuesday, however. Um, the Bills won and the Vikings won. I'm just going to say it straight up. We will see you guys on Friday for a week three preview. We hope you guys enjoyed. As always, have a good week. Catch you guys later. Peace. Peace. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone.